Good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks so much for being with us today. we got a good show for you this morning. Starting off the week on October 23rd, one of the last weeks, if not the last week, all right, in October already. Happy Halloween. Let me be the first to do that. Okay, today we got uh, two guests from COSIN, all right, which is really good. We're going to talk about generative AI readiness in school districts. Are we ready for AI? It's here. It's coming, but we got to take this in steps. We can't just jump into the deep end of the pool. we got to learn to swim. So I've got Shariar. And Shariar, if I am pronouncing your name wrong, please tell me when I bring you on. Shariar Kazai, who is the senior advisor to the chief technical officer of the Los Angeles County of Education. Okay, and also the CTO of the year, as named by the great by the City Council of Great City Schools, and our old friend is joining him, Pete. Just Pete is the uh, consultant at Just Strategics. I love that. Okay, and has served as a CTO and a COO for large districts, particularly in Indiana. And he's working with Cosin all the time, as is Shariar. And uh, we're going to have a wonderful discussion about AI. We want to invite you over to go over to our website where we're going to archive this show which is a-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. And uh, please go over there. Everything is free over there. Our magazine, Equity and Access, a new issue, a nice issue is over there. Just click on the cover. Enjoy that. Run through the podcast. Listen to whatever you want. They're all there. Believe me, thousands of them. Okay, so enjoy that. And also all the information, et cetera, about our Excellence in Equity Awards. The educator side is just opening up. We want you to nominate yourself. You can nominate your colleagues. You can nominate your school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Check it all out again, all free, no tricks, over at ace-ed.org, home website for our Consortium for Equity and Education. And first, we're going to go out to L.A. with a huge thank you for getting up so early. Sorry, R., how did I do with your name? It's Larry. Oh, here. just fine. Perfectly. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. No I'm problem. Really, yeah, it was great. Thank you. Okay. What do you like? Do you like me to call you Shariar or would you like some shortened of that? Or would you like what <laughs> Shariar? Shariar is perfect. I went 34 <laughs> years at LA Unified <laughs> with first name. So I'm used to it and people know me by that. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for helping me with that. And Pete, I know how to pronounce your first name. You've been here before. <laughs> Right. Yeah, great to be with you again, Larry. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. And I want to know Whatever. how you got our friend Shariar to get up so early. He is in L.A. It's a six, It's only 6.03 <laughs> there. Okay? Shariar, you got that coffee? You got coffee in front of you? I got, I got the coffee. I'm all ready to go. And we had some rain last night, which is nice. Uh, breaks the heat. And, um, uh, yeah, get, a, get, a, get the grounds all uh, uh, wet, you know, get it out of that dry uh <laughs> kind of a situation so hopefully no fires this year which is great news I hope for us. oh my god you know I, I i have to say this everybody loves california okay it's just the most <laughs> beautiful place and you get every kind of climate you could want etc and you guys have had so much trouble of late even when you get rain you get the five million more gallons than you need okay yeah. so it's, yeah it's, it's just uh you know, just ridiculous, and I just love the place to stay green and deserty and beautiful and whatever it needs. So I'm glad you're there. And you, how long have you been with LA County uh, Office of Education? Well, I'm uh, actually I'm former Chief Information Officer. I ah. started uh, at LA uh, Unified School District uh, in 1985, a long wow. time ago, probably before many of your listeners were born. Yeah. Uh, worked there 34 years, moved up, moved up the ranks and finished as the Chief Information Officer about four years ago. 
And wow. since then, I've been working, you know, closely with Coast, and I'm on the board and the Council of Great City Schools and, and do a lot of work with nonprofits. Damn, we've never met before, so it's a pleasure to have you here. I've been working with Coach yes. for a long time. And, Likewise. And, yeah, thank you. And Council of Great City Schools is a wonderful organization. They really do a great job in urban education, which is so darn important yes. these days. And and Pete, I love it. Told you, I love, just because your last name, Pete Just is the CEO of Just Strategies. I love that. Okay. Just like, I can't just believe it's not butter. It's just strategies. It's, I can't believe it's not everything else. Talk to me about what you're doing, Pete, and everybody else. Well, we've been keeping pretty busy around this artificial generative intelligence topic. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun uh, to help districts and their leadership kind of understand how to work with uh, this new trend in education. And I'm really glad we're talking about it here today, Larry. Yeah, me, me too. And, you know, it's interesting with AI. I'm think, I was thinking about this this morning. You know, computers, when they first came out kind of as uh, like home computers, that would have been in the maybe yeah. the maybe the mid-'80s, okay, or the early-'80s. Yeah. People were just buying, you know, home computers, and it was all just getting started. And it really didn't take off for real, like with the web and everything, until the late-'90s, you know, mid-'90s, right. something like that. Yeah. All right. And schools, I don't know the year of this, and maybe Shari Shariar can help us here. I don't know when schools became so computer-oriented, where we went one-to-one and all that. Shariar, was that like in the 90s, would you say? Um, I think when we started distributing uh, computers to schools in the late 90s, you know, those colorful Apple computers. Yeah. and. Yeah. Um, uh, but but the one-to-one concept, it started in the late 2000s, you know, about 2008 through 2012. That was when the yeah. schools started uh, looking at one-to-one or increasing the ratio of the student-to-computers. Yeah. Right. And so, so what I'm thinking, you know, it, it, once we got started to get used to computers, it took almost 20 years to get this stuff into schools. Okay. Now, AI, which, which, as you know, the robots are going to take over the earth. Just watch Terminator 3, particularly in L.A. Okay. It's a real challenge. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, and everybody's jumping on it right now. Immediately, we go, what are we going to do with schools? What are you going to do with schools? It's a lot longer for computers to get involved in this. That great change in technology. Now we're going, looking at a technology of artificial intelligence. And I, I'm going to start it off this way. And I'll ask Pete first. Pete. Are schools really ready for AI? I mean, this is a new technology, all right? Where are we on all this? I mean, we're trying to jump into it quickly, but do we need to jump into it as quickly as we're doing it? Maybe that's the question. I'll start with Pete on that one. Well, I'll tell you, Larry, I think that the the difference here is that uh, what we're talking about with, uh, you know, one-to-one or getting a student device, that is an enabler for them to be able to have some agency. And yep. that's all very contained within the context of what software and so on and, of course, the web. Uh, when we're talking about AI, uh, there are many more um, implications. So I think that right now what you're seeing is a lot of teachers are, and administrators are understanding that uh, this can help automate some tasks. I can't tell you the difference between conversations I had this summer and conversations I had last week. Um, People have definitely in school started to pick up on this, you know, administrative assistant feature. So we're not necessarily talking about direct instruction here yet, although there are great examples of that we'll probably get into here. But 
designing curriculum, um, helping to write emails, helping to write standards documents, uh, you know, things like that. Generative AI is a great place to start to create some scaffolding around which you can build you know, and customize uh, your, what, what you're looking for. So uh, you're seeing this a lot with bloggers, for example. Uh, you know, they maybe wrote three blogs a week, now they can write 30. Um, so it's increasing efficiencies uh, right now with the, with, the, with the adults, and that's going to help the students. And, of course, there's a whole educational component, too. Um, so I think it's a bit different than what we saw before, and that's why we're seeing a much faster adoption of uh, generative AI in K-12. Well, good, an- good answer, and thank you. And you're right, it does help the adults. Okay, it just struck me as something that's happening so quickly. And Shariar, what's your thought on all that? You've been doing L.A. for years. You know, you're, you're going now, but talk to me about this. Well, it's whether we want it or not, it's coming, and, yeah. and it's being incorporated into not. products. Yeah, yeah. ready or not, here we go. Yeah, tech companies are incorporating the features into their products, and and, you know, Google and Microsoft are already uh, introducing that. And, and, you know, it's really, uh, I look at it from two aspects. One is use of AI, generative AI as a consumer, which would be mostly tools that, like, students would have access to and, and just the common users. And then also the enterprise side, where you're looking at business operations, analytics, and, 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 those those types of technologies, I think, are still finding their way into the school districts, mm-hmm. and I think there's a great opportunity there to be able to take advantage <clears throat> and run that uh, business operations and, and central office more efficiently, and we can go into that a little bit more, but uh, a part of the <clears throat> work that we did, I'm sorry, I'm a little hoarse. Early in the morning. Don't take time. Uh, it's, the, it's six ten the, in the morning. The, you have every reason. Don't take another cup of coffee. Right. For goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. I think I think it's really important that we look at both aspects of it. Uh, you know, from the policy standpoint, from the mm-hmm. technological readiness standpoint, to make sure that the school districts are really ready to take advantage of both of these uh, uh, areas. I, I think I think it's really important. You brought up something interesting to me. I'll let you clear your throat. I'll go over to Pete here while you clear your throat and grab that other gulp mm-hmm. of coffee. Pete, okay, Sarah just brought up something interesting to me. Are the companies that, that we work with, and you do Microsoft, Apple, you can go right down that whole list, all the gang at ISTE, okay, are they going to simply, this is a weird question, simply provide us with the AI that education needs and that educators and students can kind of go along for the uh, for the ride just by buying the right products. How's that going well, to work? Great. I mean, how about in my guess? Mm-hmm. My question is, how much does the individual educator need to know before they can really use AI and feel safe in it? How much does the typical school district need to know, or can we just depend on the companies to take care of it? All all the good friends of COSA, I might add. Go ahead. Right. Well, I, I think all of us who are leaders in K-12 and uh, are part of COSIN understand that it's our responsibility as district leaders uh, to take responsibility for uh, student data, privacy, and things like that. We cannot outsource that to someone else. Uh, so that's why we have software license agreements and we go through these contract negotiations and things. But kind of coming back to the core of what you're, what you're asking, you know, the, the truth is that every company is now building an AI portion into their product. So, for example, 
Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with what Microsoft has been working on with uh, with Office, but there is a significant AI product called Copilot um, among the wow. Office suite, and that's just going to be there. And it was it, it, it's something that's if you go out and uh, do, do a little bit of Googling and check out some YouTube videos, your mind will be blown in terms of how <laughs> Office and you know Excel, Word uh, will be able to help you in writing documents, creating presentations, creating. Uh, you know, Excel documents, spreadsheets from those, and it's all pretty effortless, at least in the YouTube video. So we'll see how it turns out when they ship it. But that we're going to see that this year, um, and Google's building in products as well. And then when you talk about the specifics of K-12 oriented providers, uh, right now they're working, I think, a little more on the fringe because they know the concerns we have with PII um, as you know, tech leaders yeah. and district leaders. Yeah. Um, but I think that they are looking to try to find ways to help, and I think a lot of that is going to focus um, on these administrative tasks, but I think a lot of it's also going to focus on, um, you know, the opportunities that we have with tutoring and personal learning, um, you know, maybe assessment design, various types of differentiation, things we couldn't do before. As a teacher, I always wished I could have, you know, five teaching assistants in there and break into five groups. <laughs> Right. different levels. That, that was impossible, right? But now with AI, we have so that is. opportunity, and I think that's where the growth is. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm getting this, and sorry, I'm going to throw some words in your mouth. You see, you, Pete certainly sounds, and I kind of agree with him, okay, positive, very positive about AI. And we're going to talk about the concerns that might be coming up. Sharia, are you positive, feel good about AI coming into the schools at this, over these next few years? How do you feel? Besides the robots taking over the earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am a little concerned about. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I can uh, now. I'm yes. a little. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about readiness, and I think that was yeah. part of the work that we did. Uh, uh, we had some uh, discussions during a panel discussion, actually, where um, Microsoft, uh, Google, AWS, and Dell participated, which was very surprising. Uh, competitors, and one of the things that was brought up was uh, a technology readiness and whether the fundamentals in, are in place in the school districts to be able to uh, safely, securely adopt uh, AI, generative AI specifically, in, in their school districts. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the only thing I worry about, and I think it's part of the work that we're doing is trying to raise that awareness that you need to do some basic assessment. You know, uh, do you have a good, good control and governance around your data? Do you, uh, do you have a true single sign-on across the organization? And just making sure that like uh, data governance, these fundamental frameworks are in place, data governance, data management, uh, single sign-on, uh, role and access management. Uh, surprisingly, some of these elements are not uh, really uh, in, in, in place in uh, school districts. Um, uh, sometimes uh, ERP, for example, is managed outside of IT. Sometimes SIS is managed outside of IT. Analytics is is uh, IT doesn't have full control over. Uh, so overall, in the district, the, the the fundamentals are not in place, and I think that's what I worry about is that once the districts, if the districts start adopting and bringing these technologies in 
the districts are going to expose themselves to privacy issues, equity issues, uh, and 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 then and then if if your data is not really clean and is not yeah. coming from like true source, then you're starting to looking at hallucinations or false false results that are very damaging. I'll say they can, they can be very they can be very damaging and indeed Pete what do you think and and again Sharjah you use the words safely and securely and we have talked about this with our good friends at Coast and and also I'm going to bring up in a few minutes accounts of the great city schools okay they're concerned about safety they're concerned about security okay yeah. and yeah Sharjah just said you know some districts are missing the fundamentals but we are yeah. minimum 25, 23 years into the computer age, okay? And, quote, some districts are still missing the, uh, the, the fundamentals. So what's going to happen with all this? Because if the companies are building this in, okay, that means that, that the school districts are going to be using it. So, Pete, what are your thoughts on all this? Okay, security and safety. And I know you are concerned about that. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot that I was talking about earlier with uh, PII. Um, yeah, and, know, data yeah. Security. There's there's yeah. just um, a lot. Well, so you know, here, here's the reality. I think that when we're talking about school districts having the fundamentals. I think it's the fundamentals for a new set of challenges, um, not the fundamentals for the challenges we okay. were looking at five years ago, which were going into the pandemic, which we didn't know was about to happen, you know, so um, what happened during the pandemic was all of a sudden reality hit and schools that were playing around with thinking about doing some one-to-one while other schools have been doing it for 12 years, um, all of a sudden had to get with the program. It it was the only way to do school (laughs) during the pandemic was for students to have a device and to have connectivity. So um, that reality changed kind of where schools were at. Um, and so there's a new reality now, um, you know, in 2023, 24. Yes. Um, and that is this, this generative artificial intelligence. Um, and, and what is, is happening, I think, is schools are not quite yet up to speed with what that means. So I think that's what we're trying to do with, at, at COSIN and the council um, is to help. The first question, honestly, in terms of the risks has been around you know, academic integrity, uh, plagiarism. Um, and so are we ready for that? That's probably the first thing to hit, right? But then there's other things, you know, so societal bias um, and the realities of student data privacy being compromised mm-hmm. if with a company uh, that we don't have a license agreement with. And by that, I mean so many of these tools are online, right? They're web tools. They're not software we're installing somewhere. And we won't, you know, in, in, in the olden days, we won't install the software until we have a license agreement. We won't install the software until we know that our privacy concerns are being met. In today's world with the web, the challenge is, you know, okay, do you, do you block it so that no one can get to it, which isn't true. It's just blocked on your network. They can get to it on their own phone data plan <laughs> or at home <laughs> if they have access. So that's a bit of a bias too. So, you know, the realities of being ready um, compromise a lot of pieces that we're now just starting to get into place and trying to understand in terms of risks. And so that's why um, this Teach AI Toolkit that the commissioner has been working with, the council um, toolkit that that we've been working with, um, you know, the checklist, are so important for school districts. This is what's going to help them get ready, I think. I agree with you. And by the way, what we're talking about, there's a uh, the Council of Great City Schools, 
all right, and Cosin, my good friends here, okay, Council is too. They recently, you, you helped, right, have recently released the K-12 Generative AI Readiness Checklist Questionnaire, which is a tool designed to guide K-12 school districts in assessing their readiness to implement general, generative AI technologies. And as we said a few minutes ago, it's going to be built in anyway to many of the tools, so you've got to be ready for this. All right. So, Sharia, you were there at a huge school district, the first, second largest, I think, after New York. Okay. And, and talk to me, like I mean, you were there before this, but talk to me about this. Okay. How does the how does the, uh, the new checklist help school districts? And I'm talking about school districts that are rural with 400 kids total, as, as a, and 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 also L.A. and New York size, Philly size. Sure yeah, I think talk about what yeah, you yeah. guys have produced here. Yeah, yeah, we 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 actually got together for like two days, uh, and and uh, AWS actually Amazon Web Services sponsored that activity, uh, and we had uh, uh, current CIOs from three four different districts. Uh, we had some former CIOs and individuals who are active, and then AWS brought in their generative AI experts. And we had really uh, honest and very open discussions about, and we just threw everything on the table. Uh, and and we, what we wanted to generate was uh, just a series of questions uh, about, you know, just, just to stimulate the mind and raise the mm-hmm. awareness. Now, if you're a small school district, you can still have those conversations. You just don't need to go three floors up or ten floors up to find <laughs> the chief operating officer or chief financial officer. You can just come out of your office and make a right turn. Um, but I think these <laughs> questions are really, really uh, interesting because, and, and they're circled around six, I call them domains, you know, this, and I can kind of run through them for you real quick. Executive ahead, leadership please. and readiness, uh, you know, is, is the executive leadership in support? Are they, you know, thinking uh, the same, aligned and cohesively? Uh, operational readiness, uh, uh, data readiness, uh, technical readiness, uh, security readiness, and yes. then legal and risk management. And, and this touches upon every aspect, aspect of the school district's uh, operation, back office operation, whether you're looking at academics, uh, you're looking at uh, legal, uh, ERP, HR, finance, payroll, operation, transportation, food services. And, and I think, uh, and, and it covers all aspects, you know, as we talked about, the generative AI, generative AI consumer tools like chat GPT use and so forth and the policies around that versus um, uh, the, the business uh, enterprise side of things. Uh, but these, these questions, you know, and each of these domains have a series of questions within them. And I think it's a really great conversation starter. It's a great uh, kind of educational tool as well. You know, what are we doing about this or that? Like an example of it here, you use, you have contracts with this many edtech companies. Have you updated your, your data use agreement yeah. and your terms and conditions to make sure that if they are incorporating AI in their product, that data is protected? You know, these things have to be in writing and have to be, uh, uh, you know, agreed on uh, legal terms uh, to make sure that the students uh, and the district's data is, is protected. Yeah, I'm going to be a stick in the mud, and you guys are, are, are saying on this, you know, AI's there, all of a sudden, 
we have, we have to know a lot about it. And the checklist goes through all of those things. There's just six categories. And within the, each of those, probably 10 things. Okay. Like the old outline I would do for a term paper. It never ends. Okay. And so we, we get that now, but right now we're talking, it's October. Okay. Of 2023. Today's the 23rd. Okay. Uh, we, we all three of us here know things are going to, things are changing so rapidly. Okay. Will we be ready? How do we make sure that we're preparing not only for now, just the beginning, but the beginning is going to be over soon. Okay. And I'll throw this one to Pete. Pete, how do we check out for the future? Okay. I know you're from the future, so maybe you can help me. You're always smart. <laughs> all of this stuff. Right. Pete. Well, you know, I think you get, I think you get ready by, um, you know, building a foundation. You know, you don't build a house without the foundation. You can't start on the roof. you got to start on the big in the hole, <laughs> creating a foundation. And that's Good what Shariar is talking about. I thought, I thought he brilliantly explained, you know, the idea of you have to have certain pieces in place. Um, you can do this simultaneously. Um, but what it requires, and I think here's the thing we should probably drill down on a little bit, it requires for the school district leadership to say, this is important. And we're going to start with some basic rules about how students can and can't use this tool, um, what our expectations are for teachers, um, and then start getting into, you know, how do you provide equity and access? How do you, you know, cover these issues, uh, challenges, pitfalls, as you say, of, you know, who owns what data? Um, how do you manage that? Um, those types of things. Um, these are all kind of base level foundational um, pieces that need to be put in place. So I think to get ready for the future, um, which, as you say, is kind of just around the corner, maybe it is. you're it ready. Is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to have the foundation. Good point. And all this brings – all of us, and thank you both, all of, the, all of this brings us to the foundation. So let me ask an equity question, all right? And I'll stay with Pete on this one. Pete, equity, as you know, we're the American Consortium for Equity and Education. Okay, so yeah. – you know, how does this affect equity? I mean, if, is AI – we're talking about this, and I want to ask the question the proper way. AI is probably going to be built into a lot of stuff. Will all kids have access to this? Will they be able to use it? And how do you see them using it? Equity. It's an equity. Is it an equity issue? Maybe that's my question. Where do you see that well, playing yeah. in there? Just like with one-to-one, -one, well, we didn't realize we had equity issues in terms of connectivity until sure. um, we had to depend on it. Um, there certainly are going to be equity issues we don't understand yet, um, but there are some we understand right now. And one of them is um, we need to provide access to students. If other students have access, we need to provide students to all, access to all students, um, mm -hmm. you know, on our platforms. Um, now, that's a bit of a controversial statement because you, you can't provide access to everything to everybody because, of course, some students are under 13 and, you know, there's issues there and so on. But that's kind of where it does start. So when we're talking about blocking, there, there have to be conversations about what does that mean for certain portions of our population that may not have access at home, may not have data plans. Um, and so that's kind of where the conversation needs to start. And that's a tough one. That's a tough, that's a tough thing to try to Don't answer. Say that one. Um, yeah. yeah. Your thought, man. Jerry, are. I'm oh, sorry, Pete. I yeah, just, just, yeah, just. Yeah, just. Go ahead, Jerry. Oh, yeah. just the positive side of it. I think it it provides uh, really great tools and opportunity for the districts to take advantage of these generative AI, these products, 
And, you know, an example of it is personalized learning. I think, uh, again, this is very dependent on, on the fundamentals being in place, but being able to use analytics. Uh, in a really more effective way uh, to be able to provide personalized learning and tutoring for the students that need it. Uh, I think that is the the positive side of it that is going to help students that really need that intervention. Yeah, you know, and I, I, you know, you just brought up something that struck me, you know, with the positive side. I'm always, I'm always kind kind of one of those persons who always kind of looks for the negative side. You know, and, and, and there's, yeah. uh, to me, there, I have to say there's tremendous positivity to this. Okay, we just have to, con- I may control the monster, all right? And it w- once we do that, we turn the monster into a friend, okay? We gotta be, but we've got to be real careful about at the way we do it. The other question I have for you, and Sharia, how would you, in, what would you say to teachers about this? Yeah, I know you guys are CTOs. You're, you're administratively oriented. But this is going to filter, obviously, down to the students, but through the teachers, okay? And so what do the teachers have to know, in your opinion? Sharia? I think just uh, uh, being aware uh, of the positive and the negative side and making sure that, um, you know, what one of the things we talk about is there has to be some uh, human intervention uh, as, as products are generated with generative AI, but utilizing uh, generative AI effectively, these tools effectively in instruction. Really great examples of it out there that can be, uh, t- teachers can benefit from. But I think, I think we have no choice but to embrace this, but yeah, consciously I, I would agree. embracing it. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, um, you know, making sure, you know, another area that we emphasize on is training and professional development around this area and making sure that this, this districts uh, really um, provide that for their uh, staff faculty and, and staff teachers and making sure that the, uh, it's, it's, uh, that, that awareness is there, that understanding is there, the positive side of it, the, the risks, and, and be able to manage that. Uh, as Pete mentioned, you know, um, students that have access to devices at home, they're going to use it. And, and districts will not be able to control that uh, right. uh, much. It's the students that depend on district in providing home access devices are the ones that are going to get deprived if, if all of these products and tools are blocked and, and filtered out. So we need to really think about that and see how we can, um, you know, um, raise the awareness, educate our, our parents, students, and uh, faculty and staff, yeah. and make this of it. Beautiful answer, i got to tell you. That was, that was well thought out and beautiful. Pete, want to add anything? I think, you know, for so long we've been talking about how can we improve learning outcomes, and uh, the one-to-one initiatives uh, got the devices in students' hands that maybe let us do that. And I think generative AI is the tool that's going to be able to help us to not only democratize education um, and give students a lot more voice and agency, but um, to be able to, if we can get our heads wrapped around how to make this work as, as, and value it as educators, to really improve learning outcomes in, in, in terms of, you know, the flexibility of learning has not been there very much yet. You know, it's still... I mean, we joke about, you know, what it, what it was like 100 years ago is a lot like what it is like today, except yeah. you have a, an iPad instead of a piece of paper. Well, yeah. this, the, the generative AI thing is the thing that I think transforms all of that. So 
much of the foundation has been built in terms of network, in terms of devices and students' hands, um, and now there is a thing called generative AI, I think, that if properly, um, you know, molded uh, to, you know, to do so can really have huge learning outcome impact, um, and that will help to really democratize education the way we've never seen before in the history of the world, I think. And that, that may be an overstatement, well, I hope but I don't work think correct. that's what it is. I hope you are correct, and I think that I think it's really possible. And I also want to just go back to what Sharia said a few minutes ago. Uh, you know, it, it filters. I said it filters through the teachers, but he brought it down better. It, it, we have to keep humanity in this. Okay, yeah. this is machines helping humanity, and it filters through human emotions, human etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And we got to keep that under control and working. Thank you, gentlemen. This was great. And Shariar, again, I appreciate Pete getting up an hour earlier, but man, three hours earlier, that's a lot. I appreciate oh, I appreciate the sacrifice. I do indeed. Great information. Gentlemen, thank you. And both of you. And you got a longer day, but so enjoy it. Go get a muffin, Shariar. Really, you deserve it. Okay? Uh, thanks, 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 guys. Thank you very much. This it was, was a pleasure. My, my it was indeed. a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Larry. Bye-bye. Thank oh, you're you. welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. Wow. These are smart guys. Wish I was that smart. All right, we're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. Check it all out. And this is heavy-duty stuff. So uh, check it all out. It's, it's here. It's coming. And I'll make up one comment. I hope the education schools are very, very aware of this, those who teach teachers. If we can wrap our heads around the, the data, the analytics, the technology of education, and then push that into what – how people learn, a neuroscience approach, okay, and everything. It's going to make a, a world of difference in education and teacher training and teacher professional development. So brave new world out there. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.